punch drunk. The punches weren't really necessary. Maybe they were super necessary. to episode 71 of the Punch Drunk Podcast, your favorite combat sport podcast hosted by two dudes who can't fight and know way less about fighting than they think they do. I'm your host, Lewis. I'm joined by Adam and Leon Edwards is still <laughs> champion of the world, baby. And still, what's going on, brother? Hey, I, I, I truly can't believe that he that he is, to be honest. Uh, I'm sure we'll get deep into the fight, obviously, but you've been ultra confident for a long time, before he even beat Usman the first time, you've been ultra confident. And, you know, I think a part of me has just always thought, that's fucking your British bias bullshit that you go on about. Which is a fair, which is a reasonable assumption, I'll be honest. Yeah, but uh, you were right in the end. I feel like most people were in my boat. I thought, there's no way he'll beat Usman twice in a row. Um, mm-hmm. Got You could say he got lucky the first time, but, like, it's not. It wasn't luck. It was a very clean, perfectly executed shot. Yeah. So it was just maybe lucky to get the finish right at the end, but like it wasn't. It was from skill. But yeah, he he, put, he sort of put it all together in this fight, and I did watch it again. The first time I watched it, I was. I kind of thought it was going to be a draw because of the point deduction. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 And I, I kind of felt like it should have been too. With the point deduction, but I guess in the end, he he won anyway, so he got the he got the <laughs> win. But like that 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 the point deduction, it wasn't one of those bullshit ones. It was like he fucking truly grabbed the. Oh fence. yeah, so yeah, yeah. Like, no, no, it was a. It, it counts, you know. Yeah, yeah. It, it was definitely it was definitely viable point deduction. Before we dive into the, into yeah, the sorry, fight sorry, and, sorry. And, and the the analysis is ever everything. Just gotta like. Chit chat about the, the the whole experience. It was pretty. Uh, it was pretty unreal. I did. Yeah, Lewis was there I, for those that didn't see the yes, five thousand yeah, yeah, photos I, he took with every fighter <laughs> on the roster. I fucking. I wish I had. Was just tracking you on GPS. I think you were just doing laps of the O2 for fucking two days straight. <laughs> Mate, you, you're not. You're not far off. We 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 uh we did we we did do some serious miles though because we went to. First of all, we I uh, was 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 very fortunate to link up with a, with a few people. So I want they are listeners. I want to give them a quick shout out. Uh, Taylor, who I met at uh, previous UFC events, uh, and we sort of we we linked up there. We 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 were sat together. We got tickets together, and then MMA MMA Twitter coming in strong between between uh, Jamie who came who was traveling from Ireland, Vince who traveled from Sweden, and TJ who came up from Cornwall. Uh, we ended up. Uh, you know, all all hanging out, all going to to meet and greets, all um, drinking many many pints of p- 
pint of beer together. Uh, just a just a great group of lads to to get together and watch the fights with, and uh, just super passionate MMA fans who who are just great crack as well. Uh, it was St. Patrick's Day weekend, so uh, JB was, was was in full spirit. We were crushing Guinness, pints of Guinness for breakfast on Friday morning. Uh, it was just a it was just a great all round experience. But having said that, like I said, I've been very lucky to go to the all three uh, UFC or events held in the O2 in in the past twelve months. And as I tweeted out, and I think a lot of people saw this, whether they were there, whether it was coming through on TV, from start to finish, the atmosphere wasn't the same. It wasn't the same level of of barn burning, insane insane atmosphere. And that just quite frankly comes down to the fights that were put on. They just they just didn't quite catch fire. It wasn't finish after finish. What about uh, this though? And, and, Sorry and, to cut you off. No, no. The fucking ahead. prices. So the people that were there were just rich dickheads like you, you know, like not, not the real fans, (laughs) (laughs) but seriously, like the working class would have been the percentage of working class people would have been way less at this event than the ones previously. Do you think? Uh, I I definitely think, I definitely think that's part of it. And also there was a noticeably fewer people in for the prelims and the undercard. And I do think that because it was a pay-per-view, I do think a lot of people had the, well, I'm not, you know, I'll, I'll just turn up for the for the main card, and there weren't any big, really big standout names. You know, there was a lot of people making their UFC debuts, more for the hardcore fans or the people who've been following them on the regional scene, Dana White contender series, that kind of stuff. So I think all of those factors contributed, and it did start. It did start to build. It started to grow. Um, you know, just just just. Um, there was a lot, a lot. Of, it really started to pop. Um, you know, Mo Mackay, I've got a big pop when he got his finish. Jake Hadley, it popped off for when he got his finish. And then I actually do think um, that the unfortunate injury to Dushko Todorovic, uh, blowing blowing his knee out against CLD, kind of sucked the oxygen out of the room a little bit. Not because everyone was like devastated about the injury; it sucked for him. But it was coming off that wicked knockout by Jake Hadley, the body shot. Then, then. We didn't. It was an unsatisfactory, unsatisfactory conclusion to that fight, and then Lerone Murphy coming back. Everyone was hyped for him, but ultimately that was a bit of a, a damp squib, and it sort of fizzled out there as well. He was probably lucky to get that decision. He did get a split decision, maybe a bit of home cooking there. Uh, understandably so. He Just looked like rusty Leon. after so. <laughs> Just yeah, understandably so. So it was a bit of that. But mate, let me tell you. Once Justin Gaethje and Raphael Fazeev got got to throw in leather, the place went bonkers. And then the atmosphere for Leon's fight, boy, I was stoked for him because every single person almost in that arena was there to see Leon do his thing. And it, it was nonstop. The crowd was unreal for the main event. And it was probably the fight I watched most intently as well, just because of like the level of anxiety and on edge. I was like, you absolutely dialed in on that fight more, more than any other one, but it was just so bloody lucky to, to be there as a, you know, as part of, part of British MMA history, only the second time a champions defended their belt on British soil. And we all love Mike Bisping. My goodness. He gets a pop every where he goes in, in, in the, it's unreal. There was a Q and a, and uh, it was with pioneers of British MMA, uh, or, you know, uh, uh, Mike Bisping and Tom Aspinall was there, Brad Pickett, uh, Jimmy Manoa and Ian Freeman. And 
I tell you what, basically everyone who got up and asked the question was there for a bit. And he was he was on fire. He was calling Tommy Aspel a nonce. He was saying John Gooden had had uh, let's say things dribbling down his chin. It was he was just Bisping was just there, just being being an absolute madman. But Mate, that, that guy is a fucking. <laughs> he is a untamable, wild fucking. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not, you're not. Some of the shit he says, <laughs> even live on like pay per view, I'm just like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, but he's my Bisbing. He's the he's the Hall of Famer, you know. So, um, what 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 can you do? You're not gonna uh, stop stop him from saying anything that he uh, that he wants to. But yeah, just um, to be to be there for that, and I think people recognised what it was. So just overall a brilliant time. And as you said, running around, do, there was a few fighter meet and greets. Then. Um, was was very fortunate to be able to to bump into John John Anik, get a picture with him inside the fighter hotel. We uh, we went over there with the with the express intention of of, of link, linking up with him because uh, uh, Jamie was was is uh, you know let's say DM DM buddies with him and they get back and forth on Twitter. So he was very gracious to come down, have a quick chat with us, take some photos uh, with us. Um, and then it was so it was surreal being in the in the we just walked into the Pfizer hotel lobby went over to the bar grabbed a pint looking around you see coaches everywhere Frank Hickman's there doing it you know just hanging out and then doing some kind of interview and there's just people all over the place it was a pretty pretty surreal experience John Gooden Stefan Struve uh, just a whole bunch of people man it was uh, it was a really awesome Richard Evans Dom Cruz uh, Gilbert Melendez like just a just a wild experience and uh, very, very lucky. And then it all got topped off with this unbelievable main card, this unbelievable performance by Leon Edwards in front of his home fans. And he, you know, he backed up everything he'd been saying. And over the course of the the the, the trilogy between these guys, there's an argument to say that Kamal Rosman probably, you know, I, I think almost certainly won in total more rounds, or it's very, very close at least, depending on how you scored this fight. A very close trilogy. Depending on where Kamaru goes and what he does, you know, could we see a fourth one down the line? I guess it's possible, but it does feel like a chapter is being closed at this point on this on this matchup between these two guys. Because Leon Edwards, he was he was brilliant, and I, some people scored it a draw. The aforementioned John Anik on rewatch actually tweeted it out, and he scored it a draw. But the reality is, these were extremely close rounds, and for me, uh, I do I. I obviously think I think Leon edged it. The fence grab makes it, you know, closer. He absolutely should have been rewarded a point. Uh, rewarded, deducted a point uh, for the for, for the fence grab. But uh, one thing that I thought was interesting, if you recall the 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 card before this weekend, the same thing happened between uh, David Grant and Raphael As- Asuncao. David Grant had a point point taken away for grabbing the cage, and everyone was raging that he didn't that the ref didn't put them back in that same position. Herb Dean didn't even consider putting them back in the same position. He just stood them up, started the, started the fight again, and put them, you know, took took the point off. So they mentioned that in that the they, call. Oh, did they? Yeah, yeah, they mentioned that exact instance too, which is funny. Like, <laughs> yeah, and they they referenced that, and they said that's the ruling, and that's why it hasn't happened this time. But I think maybe even DC was like, uh, oh, shouldn't they put him back where they're supposed to be? And then Anik, being Anik, knows fucking everything. It's there you like, go. This there is you what go. Just, last week, blah blah blah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And uh, um, you know, let's be on. Let's be honest. Sorry, it was a. Right. It, it was an of the takedown had had happened, 
but and the point was taken away. And I'm not just saying this because I'm a Liam fanboy, but I don't, whether the takedown was there or not would have made no difference in the course of the fight because Kamaru was not able. He he had great difficulty getting the takedowns, and then on the few occasions he did, let's say, complete them. Leon's ability to get back to his feet, to use the cage, to stand back up, and to get his back off the fence was unreal. And I've got to say, Dom Cruz called it exactly. So on the Friday, Friday afternoon, Fight Disciples did a live podcast from outside uh, the Intercontinental Hotel in, in the O2 complex, and Dom Cruz was the special guest. And they asked him what Leon needs to do to have success. And one of the things he pointed out was that in the second fight, Leon stalled and got stuck with his back against the cage. Kumaru wasn't doing a lot, but he was holding Leon against the cage, which was obviously uh, bonus for you know winning strategy for Kamaru uh, up up until he got caught, and he said that Leon cannot allow himself to get to get pinned up against the cage and just stall there. And maybe I'm uh, misremembering, but there was a, seemed at least half a dozen times where Leon had his back up against the cage and very quickly worked out and 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 reversed positions and then put Kamaru up against the cage, disengaged, and then came out and was able to to go back to the center of the octagon and strike again. So just. It was, it was a masterful performance by Leon Edwards. And this wasn't just one training camp. This was the culmination of years and years of hard work training for wrestlers. Because if you look back at what he's been scheduled to do just before COVID, when it all derailed for Leon Edwards, he was training to fight. He would sign to fight uh, uh, Woodley. So, and then he signed to fight uh, Kamaya three times. Then he trained and had fought uh, Bilal Muhammad as well. And then Kamaru Usman twice. So Leon has been preparing to stuff takedowns and work with takedowns for a long, long time. And I think we're now seeing the fruits of the labor. And you can argue that he's got some of the best takedown defense in the division, if not in, in the UFC. It was, it was brilliant stuff. It's, it's, I want to talk about the aftermath now because there's straight away Dana said in the presser that like Colby's the guy. Colby, yeah. Go on, tell me why. No, no. And tell me if you agree with it, and tell me because I, I think it's. I, I think I understand the reason why Colby is the man because Colby makes the makes the money, gets the attention. I want to see that. To be honest, I think Colby's a pretty scary prospect for Leon too. Uh, Leon called out, or not really called out, but said in his presser that Colby doesn't deserve the shot and he'd rather fight uh, Masvidal. And I'm like, well, Masvidal deserves the shot even less than fucking Colby. But I understand <laughs> I they have a rivalry. The, the, winner of, the winner of Burns versus Masvidal, I think, was the was the implication there. He's not going to say he's not going to take uh, Masvidal. Coming off a loss against uh, old Gilbert Burns there, but I, I I just think it's silly. I think there's a couple of other guys there that probably deserve the shot more. But I want to hear your thoughts on it before I mention them. Okay, so I think there's I think there's only two guys. People are saying that there's there's a ton of different options. There isn't. There's two. <laughs> Colby Covington or Bilal Muhammad. That's it. Hamzat Shemaev's going up to middleweight. Dana said it about three times now. He is not going to give a title fight 
in international fight week to Hamzat Chumayev after he missed weight so badly last time. And yeah. he's confirmed basically that he's not fighting again till October on the Abu Dhabi card. It will be at middleweight and it will probably be a number one contender fight. So Chumayev is out of the picture. Colby Covington and Kamzat Chumayev should have been the fight. They tried to make the fight. It didn't happen for whatever reason. People say Colby's scared. I don't like to say that any professional cage fighter who gets in there, he, this man's gone. This man's gone toe to toe with Kamaru Usman when Kamaru Usman was in his, you know, in his prime. I don't think he's. I don't think he's scared. I think that's a bit uh, disrespectful to Colby Covington. You know, maybe he's being strategic about what you know what that would do for future title opportunities. Fair enough, you could say that, but I don't think he's actually scared of fighting Kamzat Chemaev. But so so that leaves that leaves two clear options in my mind. Bilal Muhammad. Once you remove Kamaev from, uh, Kamaev from the occasion, uh, from the equation, he moves up to number three. Colby Covington is still ranked number two, and whether you like it or not, that's a, that's 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 a fact. And we go, well, the UFC doesn't always follow the rankings, and what are the rankings? Da, 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 da. Well, yeah, I agree that the UFC doesn't always follow the rankings, but Col- Colby's there. He put a dominant performance over uh, over Jorge Masvidal last time out. Bilal does have this 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 winning streak, and. You know, let's let's look at his resume. Bilal Muhammad has a, a solid resume he's put together, but uh, you know, particularly coming over with that, with coming off a, a win over Sean Brady. But Sean Brady was ranked like ninth or tenth at the time, some, something to that, something to uh, to that effect. Vincente Luki again was outside of the top five, as was Stephen uh, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson as well, and then. Damian Meyer, strong performance. But we what you come back to is the Leon Edwards fight. And the problem is that Bilal Muhammad isn't a draw. He isn't going to sell. And then even if you decide to go full promotional barrel down that way, the problem you run into is that up until the accidental eye poke, and it was a nasty one, it sucks. And this is probably un- unfair to Bilal Muhammad, but it's also just a reality, a fact of life. Leon Edwards was dominating that fight. His striking is night and day above Bilal Muhammad's. And now he's shown what an improved, unbelievable takedown defense uh, anti-wrestler he can be against Kamaru Usman. And I don't think anyone would suggest that Bilal Muhammad's wrestling is better than Kamaru Usman's or the striking. I think Bilal Muhammad is, is a notch below Kamaru Usman in pretty much every factor. So if you're the UFC, how do you sell that fight? How do you put that as a headline of a pay-per-view during International Fight Week and say, this is, a le- this is a fight that we're going to sell? You can sell that fight with Colby Covington because you go, well, you know what? His, what he has that Kamaru didn't have is this unrelenting drive and pressure. And to be honest, we've, you then the question comes out, can Leon's cardio keep up? We saw him have cardio problems, albeit altitude-driven from the, the second fight in Salt Lake City. But I have to be honest as well, he did look a little bit tired at times during this trilogy fight as well. He did, you know, because it was a, it was a, a pretty strong pace that Kumara was putting on him. Colby Covington's pace is going to be furious. I still pick Leon to win. Still, Colby Covington will be the favorites with the bookmakers. I pick Leon Edwards to win that fight because his kickboxing and striking is so much more technically superior in those finer details than Colby Covington's. And as I discussed earlier, he's... He's improved his takedown defense to a wonderful level. But can he keep it up for five rounds with Colby Covington? Because he's durable and he's relentless. And that is the X factor on top of his ability to say pay, sell pay-per-views. Now, if Bilal Muhammad goes away and somehow derails 
the hype train, or hype train is, is is an unfair word because it's very, very legitimate. But if he goes away and beats Shavkat Rachmanov, then he has an undeniable claim and also a a narrative that you can sell because right now the UFC, I think, is lacking the narrative to be able to really drive Leon versus Bilal Muhammad. Now, if he was somehow ranked number one or two, you could say, well, his body of work puts him above, but he's not even ranked above Colby Covington. And obviously the rankings aren't perfect, but when you're building a pay-per-view and you're selling it to the casual audience, then that's what's going to happen. Now, Leon Edwards has said he's not fighting Colby Covington. He's fighting Colby Covington. He's known Colby Covington for weeks was going to be the backup fighter. There was rumors circulating around London that Colby was in town. Leon's known and, and Kamaru knew for weeks that he would weigh in as the backup fighter. So immediately... That must tell Leon and Kamaru that they're probably thinking about Colby Covington next, especially if Leon defends. And then the PR line out of Leon and his team <laughs> began immediately. Post-fight interview with DC inside the cage. Colby's not getting the shot. He doesn't deserve it. Immediately in the post-fight press conference, Colby's not getting a shot. He doesn't deserve it couple of days later on the MMA hour with Ariel Hawani, Colby's not getting the shot. He doesn't deserve it. I'm not signing the contract. This is all public negotiation and posturing. He'll sign the contract if the UFC sweeten that deal and, uh, you know, show him how much money he's going to make from projected pay-per-view sales. He'll sign that contract. Leonidas will get life-changing money if, if, he, you know, if that fight is promoted correctly and promoted uh, uh, well. And the UFC and Colby Covington promote fights extremely well when there's a when there's a narrative involved and there's a big talker involved and someone who's going to get on board with that and I think I think this is just Leon publicly negotiating and he he will end you know he will end up saying well the what will happen is the UFC will sign Bilal versus Shavkat first to take that chess piece off the board and then they'll go to Leon well you're not you're not getting you know Gilbert Burns isn't getting his shot with a win over Masvidal so Colby Covington is the only option if you want to fight. He will sign it, but this is all public negotiations. You've sold me on this. I only want to see this fight now. <laughs> Seriously, like, the Bilal fight, he he probably, the, there is no hype there. There is no money to be made, but he actually probably doesn't deserve it as much as Colby does because Colby, as you said, went twice with Kamara Usman, went the distance. Like he's, Probably had the harder fight and proven that he's just a tiny bit off Kamara Usman at his prime. And if, if anything, that's what Leon was the first fight against Usman, but he ended up getting the KO, which Colby just wasn't able to do. And then who knows if Colby had won the first fight, the rematch with Usman, he might have won that too. But So they are a great matchup. And then the trash talk that's going to go on, like Colby's got a whole country to attack now which would just yeah. be hilarious. Oh, and it's for sure, be... he'll say the worst possible shit, which oh, I love. Yeah, yeah. It's, and... it's going to be, it's going to be, you know, uh, just a, a an absolute onslaught. I will say, I, if you're looking at this from a pure, purely sporting merit, I think Bilal Muhammad does deserve the title shot because of the run he's put together. But we do not look at these things purely on sporting merit. Especially and this is one of the reasons... <laughs> No, no, no. <laughs> one of the things that fans love about the UFC. Category. <laughs> <laughs> but at the end of the day, this is prize fighting. This is a business. And 
I will also say that the same people who are constantly pounding the drum about fighters not earning enough money are the same people that are hammering for Bilal Muhammad to get this title shot. And it's like, well, Leon is about to get the biggest payday of his entire fucking life if he fights Colby Covington. You should be championing that for Leon. You should you should be saying, actually, yeah, we should make that happen because we want Leon to get paid. He deserves it. He's a great champion, et cetera, et cetera. And so at the end of the day, it's also a business and the UFC is going to do the thing that will help move the, the most pay-per-views. You want the proof in that? It doesn't matter. You know what's even more insane? Even if Bilal Muhammad went away and beat Shavkat, Leon beats Colby. If Conor McGregor beats Michael Chandler at 170 pounds and says he wants a title shot, Bilal Muhammad will be thrown away, thrown to the wayside like chopped liver. Quicker than you, quicker than you oh, can yeah. blink. Because also Leon will be like, yep, give me that fight. I'm taking that. I'll fight Well, Leon's tomorrow. already said, Leon's already said in a roundabout way he wants the Conor McGregor fight. He was asked multiple times in the press conferences and the build-up to the fight, <laughs> if Conor gets that win... Does it put him in the title picture? And he said something something to the effect of, I'll fight anyone, right? So all of a sudden, pre-press conference, when Connor's in the mix, he's gone from I'll fight anyone to, oh, no, Colby doesn't deserve that shot. Tune changed pretty quickly. He knows what he's doing. His team is super switched on. He's got a great manager in, in Tim Simpson. He's got a great team behind him. They know the game. They know exactly what they are doing. So... I, I can totally see it playing out. Leon versus Colby, Bilal versus Shavkat, and then Leon's n- next title defense comes against Conor McGregor. <laughs> I can see it. I can see it now. I can completely see it. Because Surely McGregor he is the, doesn't even he is the living. He is the living. Oh, oh, I think Conor beats Chandler. Like, no problem, by the way. Like, <laughs> really? That's a, whole, that's a whole other conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, there's so much time away matchup. and... Yeah, 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 I agree. Being I agree. There's time away in the rust and, and <laughs> but, but I but I think it's the he channels the per- perfect dance partner to illuminate Conor McGregor's skills. I really, really do. Um putting yeah, that probably. aside. He'd probably, probably get paid to fucking lose. He is the walking embodiment of the proof that the sport is also a business and other factors other than your win streak go into it. You know, this this is a Arnold, look at Arnold Allen. He should have, he should have had that interim title shot over instead of, instead of Josh, <laughs> Josh Annett. <laughs> guy that, yeah, well, look at about Leon. To, uh, Leon couldn't get a fucking look in for years. Exactly, exactly. And so I understand. It also gives him a narrative to lean on to make it seem a bit more legitimate. Like he's, oh, you know, I want Bilal to get the shot. He deserves it. Let's be honest. When Leon goes home. <laughs> and puts his head on his pillow at night and spoons his championship belt, he wants the next fight that is going to financially secure him and his family for, you know, post-fighting. post, post fighting. He, You know, he, want, he wants to take care of his family. He's got his mom's restaurant. He wants to buy his mom a house. He wants to do all these things. Colby Covington fight makes those things happen. And once, he, once that's shown to him and he's able to leverage a bigger base salary from the UFC and guarantee whatever pay-per-view points are coming his way, then Leon Edwards versus Colby Covington will be the fight that happens. And that's 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 just the reality of it. Dana was pretty confident that the fight will be, like he, he'll defend his title in London if, if they can do it. And it triggered me a little bit. 
I don't. Th- I don't think it will. I, I, you know, Dana, Dana said that. I, I, they, they will go back to London. Um, let's say sources revealed to me. A couple of people mentioned uh, in in fewer words that the UFC would be going back to to London. That's that's all I can say on the matter. But even Tom Aspinall was saying that he wants to fight um, Martin Tabora. Uh, they're they're going back and forth, and Tom he said something about coming back in July. So they are looking at that. Also. The Fighter Hotel on Booking.com, the Hilton in Canary Wharf, is completely sold out for the weekend of uh, J- uh, July 21st, 22nd. Cage Warriors has an event in London on the 21st of July. So all indicative signs point to the fact that the UFC will be returning to, to London in July. I think that's more likely to be a fight night than a than a, than a numbered event. And I think the, the UFC wants to put Leon in Vegas. I think that's more probable, but... Could be wrong. Could be completely wrong. All right. I'm not quite as triggered, but I was just like, Volk didn't get any defenses at home at all. He got the, finally got the Islam fight. Yeah. I, but it's I, like, fuck me. If anyone's deserving it was, home def- oh, defenses. Oh, t- totally. I mean, Volk, Volk's been a victim of, of circumstance, right? And But also, if Volk wanted to defend his featherweight belt at home, he could have done that. He just wanted to do... The lightweight challenge. The UFC was going to Australia and Volk, they just needed Volk to headline as champion. Whether it was Islam Makachev or whether it was Yair Rodriguez, that you know, but he, he chose he chose to go for the for, for the for the two weight division. But hopefully, um later late you know, the UFC looks like it is returning to Australia later in the year. Hopefully that is a pay-per-view, and hopefully that is something that Volkanovsky can defend his belt on. So who wins Leon Edwards or Conor McGregor? Got to go with Leon, man. Hundred percent, he'll fucking kill. Got to go with Leon. <laughs> He's just so much bigger, man. Leon is big. I mean, Leon is re- is really big. His it's striking's massive. really good, and yeah, I just you know, and he actually fights go, often. Got to go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Got to go with Leon. I, I don't. I <laughs> so don't. Have you noticed how Connor's back in that like weird, really nice guy kind of like businessman? Positive, supportive, encouraging person (laughs) again. It's so fucking weird. I hate it when he does that. Just just be a heel. Be natural. Just just lean into the heel. Exactly. That interview he did on the MMA Hour was just like, I actually couldn't get through it. This is not kind of. I, I did. I didn't watch it. I saw a few clips pop, popping around and quotes and stuff, but I actually haven't sat down and watched it from from start to finish. It was like he was at like at at a at a at an office building and like having a meeting with someone and like you know just being really fake and positive and everything's perfect and it's like what the fuck are you doing bizarre bizarre it's so weird <laughs> he actually no it makes me laugh harder than that bloke he's he is the most unpredictable guy <laughs> anyway i don't want to do another hour on Connor because i could the fight before this was easily fight of the night gaichi fizziv mm. Uh, is it Fiziev? Fiziev. Fiziev, Fiziev. I hear both. I say, yeah. Anyway, that guy's chin. Oh, my God. Like, we all know Gaethje's got a pretty good chin, but this guy's face was lit up by the end of that fight, and he was walking forward, advancing the entire fucking time. I know. And I, I, I got the sense that if it was a five-round fight, he would have done that for five rounds. Oh, yeah, like... Who's going to hit him harder I, than Gaethje does in that division? Yeah, he's, to- he's he's absolute nails, and he loses no credibility, no 
stock from this fight because he went toe-to-toe with Justin Gaethje and came up by the barest of margins, man. I, I do think Gaethje was the was the correct winner, mm. but my goodness, Fiziev gave an absolutely tremendous, tremendous account of himself uh, to, to, to yeah, eat those shots. And I actually, that fight was um, one of the few bets. I, I had a pretty disastrous night from a, from a betting perspective. Came very close on a couple of props. Gunny Nelson, I had him as uh, round two submission, and with like three seconds left in the first round, he wrapped up the submission. I, I, that was how I saw the fight go, and I was like, okay, he's going to take him down, dominate him, get through to the second round, start again, and then get the submission quickly at the start of the second. There's I was like, no one greedier for odds than us, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> if you just did the submission, it still would have been pretty good odds. <laughs> yep, yep, it would have been. It, it would have been Adam, and uh, that's not how I roll. I'm a... <laughs> he was the underdog, wasn't he? Yeah. What? what what's the? Um, no, no, no. He was. He was the favorite. What, oh, what's he was. The, um, what's what, what's the expression? Shoot, shoot for the moon and and, and land on the stars. That's that's land me. But ass. it's uh, <laughs> yeah. Shoot, shoot for the moon and land land in the gutter, homeless and penniless. But you know, it's the it's the it's not it's not about the winning tickets. It's about the fun we had along the way. <laughs> and everyone knows losing is more fun than winning. <laughs> it is. It is. But talk about a bet that I did win is I bet that this fight would go the distance. Um, nice. that was because both of these guys are just absolutely nails. And Fazeev's got a chin made of granite. He's tough as fuck. And we, we, we saw that. So that was one of the few successful bets. Me I too, had. man. I, I bet. I just bet Gaethje head to head. He was the underdog. And I was like, you got to get on that. And yeah. that got up, but only just like we can't, we can't. Oh, like, wait, wait even the, razor. the commentators are probably a minute, maybe two minutes into the last round. We'll probably say it off as if probably got this. And then by about the fourth minute, they're like, oh, I think this is Gaethje's and Gaethje did deserve to yep. win. It was, yeah, I mean, I think Fazeev won the first first round, and then Gaethje, he he was so fast. He was noticeably faster, and then Gaethje did start to slow him down with the leg kicks and the body shots, and and you know it was it was it was a nice turnaround by Gaethje. Went into round two, razor razor close, and then yeah, the uh, the the third round was was all Gaethje. He 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 cut up, he lit up, he he. Put it on for even that third round, who who only stayed in there because of his toughness. But that was a clear round. One judge, and it was Paul Sutherland, who had pretty much a nightmare on every other fight, gave this a 10-8 to, to Gaethje. And a lot of people were like, oh, you can't have that as a 10-8. But remember a few weeks ago when we were talking about judging mm-hmm. and being like, well, you how, how can a 10-9 round before be the same as a 10-9 round there? And I'm sure that's what he's done. And he's gone, well, if we're looking at damage as the primary you know, effective striking, aka damage, as the primary criteria for scoring in this round. It was one-sided to Gaethje, and Fazeev was battered and cut up and swollen and bruised. And that's obvious, quantifiable physical damage on the face of Rafael Fazeev, whereas there was none of that on Justin Gaethje. And I'm not going to sit here and pound the drum and say, absolutely, that was a 10-8 round. But it's it's understandable to me if you have to have some discerning difference between a ten nine and a ten eight round because those the two the, the 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 middle round was super close and the third round wasn't wasn't all that close in my opinion so I understand it. Apart from that, Sutherland had a fucking nightmare judging. Like he gave it thirty twenty seven to to Marvin Vittori, which was we'll talk about in a second, which was absolutely mental. But overall. 
Uh, yeah, I thought the right guy got his hand raised. Great for Justin Gaethje. Fazeev doesn't lose any stock. What do you want to see Fazeev do next? Uh, excuse me, Justin Gaethje do next. I think he deserves a number one contender fight. But I don't know exactly who I, who he's going to fight. Like Off the top of my head, who Chandler's out of that division, basically. Um, Islam isn't going to fight him, obviously. Who's Islam going to fight next? Has that been... Well, well, here's the question, right? Because number one contender, uh, Charles Oliveira, has got a, a dance date with Benil Dariush. Mm. And people are saying, well, that will be the number one contender fight. But Justin Gaethje just put on a very, very good performance. So there's two options for him. He either fights Dustin Poirier again, oh. and like no one would be upset with that, right? That's because the fucking fight. That was a fucking unbelievable fight that Justin was 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 winning, winning and then Poirier turned it around. So you, I think Gaethje would jump at the opportunity to get that one back, but also. I wouldn't be mad if he gets the next title shot. I wouldn't be mad if they just... Because, again, we talk about narrative. We talk mm -hmm. about story. Send him back to Abu Dhabi in October, which is when the UFC said that Islam Makhachev will fight next. Rest up till October. Can he, you know... He, he, uh, he, Khabib he, came, he came up short against Khabib in Abu Dhabi. But can he, you know, can he get revenge against Khabib's protege, against his student, against the man that he brought through as his replacement? What has he learned from that first one? Is Justin Gaethje improved? That's that's a narrative. That's a fight you can sell. And again, speaking of fighters, you know, deserving opportunities, Gaethje goes out and delivers every single time. He's never boring. Uh, you know, eleven fight uh, post fight bonuses. He he may well get that or. The UFC will keep Poirier uh, versus uh, Gaethje 2 in the bag. Islam Makachev is tweeting out he wants a fucking shot at 170 pounds against Leon's belt. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, come on. He couldn't beat the Federer. Settle, 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 settle down, mate. You just uh, you just went life and death with Volkanovski. Like, like that, <laughs> that, uh, that didn't... You don't want to lose exactly... another shot at the pound for pound. He's <laughs> 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 not going to be in it soon, Islam. <laughs> Listen, brother. Um, <laughs> I want to fight Walter White. <laughs> Who is this short guy? Oh fuck! Uh, was there any other fights that night on this? On this <laughs> Mate, there's, there, there are a few to talk about, but I just want to get what, what do you want to see Fazeev do next? Because he he I, I i want to make sure that he doesn't just get like left on the side here so i want to get your take on who you'd like to see rafael Fazeev fight next what's what's what should be next for him in the division i guess maybe like a sarukian when's he last fought so uh, Sarukian, I think, has got a dance partner, though. I think Sarukian's booked up against... Um, this is the thing. Everyone's booked Mo here. Moicano. Yeah, it is. It is. It's a pretty pretty tough one well, to make. I, and it's I wouldn't be mad to see him fight if, for some reason, Gaethje does get a title shot. I wouldn't be mad to see him fight Dustin. That, that's a great shout. Yeah. yeah. I, that, that would be a banger of a fight, Fuck actually. Fuck yeah. That would be a brilliant fight. 
Fazee versus Poirier, give Gaethje the title shot, Fazee versus Poirier, and then, um, yeah, park that as like a second number one contender fight because Charles and Darius will be done by then. That could be. I like that shot because, as I said, Fazee shouldn't be punished for this. Uh, it was a, a razor-close fight in, an, in a fight of the night performance, and he came up absolutely just just short. But there are people who had him winning that fight as well, well-respected uh you know, journalists and, and, and analysts who had him winning that fight as well. So, yeah, I, th- I think that's that's that, that's a good shout. He deserves another big fight after that. He shouldn't he shouldn't have to go back to fighting down down the division. I think he's shown he he belongs in in the upper echelons of 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 that division. Dustin would be. You'd think he'd be pretty keen to sign a contract soon, like a get a fight done. Yeah, wouldn't he? Yeah, like it's been a while. I- Was his last fight Charles? No, no, his last fight was Michael Chandler. That oh, great yeah. fight with Michael, yeah. with Michael Chandler. But he, you know, that's he's shown he's happy to go in there and put on put on Friday night performances with a willing dance partner. Fazeev is is certainly that. Mm. Especially you just put in that same slot, you know, the co-main or the the one before. If there's two title fights, just before the title fights yeah. start, and let's go. Let's go. Exactly. That that would be a that would be an un, un, unreal fight. Actually, I I love that shout. I do. I really like. I really, really, really like the triple threat with Dustin and Gaethje and Zeev would be good too. <laughs> Just throw a chair in there as well. Do you think we'll ever see a triple threat match in the UFC? No, because no, no. <laughs> that would be fucking chaos. But if I they tell you start what, losing we'll, pay per view we'll... buys, that is the first thing they should do: is get three <laughs> psychos in there and just go. Just like last man standing. <laughs> Do you think we two might guys see would team up and just bash the fuck out of themselves? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like let's agree, let's murder this guy, and then we'll and then we'll throw down. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's what they're going to do in desperate times. You can imagine like, if they get a few it. bad employees at the UFC and everything starts. Yeah, going yeah, down. exactly. <laughs> couple, couple, couple of fuckheads. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we, we might see it in power slap though. Like if if power slap numbers start to decline, like. You know, saying that they're going to we see we see the power slap the power slap triangle and you just do a, a round robin of slaps that would be fuck they should do like 20 just like a circle of 20 guys and a girl in the middle <laughs> you know what i want to see <laughs> you know what, <laughs> do you know when you see these like um giant like uh arrangements of, of dominoes that are really intricate we should just do that but with with power slap so everyone turns simultaneously and slaps the first the, the human slap the human slap to peas <laughs> but if everyone's turning you're just gonna everyone's gonna slap everyone in the back of the head <laughs> exactly and then everyone goes unconscious and the product's a winner and then everyone gets disqualified <laughs> Which seemingly doesn't matter in power slap anyway, because imagine if you got disqualified you, in power slap, you, so you know you're struggling. Bro, have you seen it? They have, and not only that, the guy. I have not watched happened, a second of it. If I'm being no, honest, so I, I didn't watch. You know, you see, you see the, the the segments. So if you if you raise your foot off the ground, I guess, or or <laughs> twist it too far, I'm not too sure. It, it counts as a disqualification. But the guy who got disqualified went first and slapped the soul out of his opponent uh, who, who was then knocked out and un- medically unfit to continue. <laughs> so the guy who got disqualified 
ended up moving to the next round anyway. It was like, well, if you win the first slap, just get disqualified. It doesn't matter. Do everything you possibly can to murder the person in front of you and you'll just go through anyway. You know what they need to make? And I probably shouldn't go putting ideas in Dana's head because I know no one else wants to see this, but I would fucking watch is the ultimate fighter of this power slap version. <laughs> but like, That's what they've done. Yep. What, they're that living in the a house? Show. They were in the house. <laughs> Bro, they were in the house and like getting drunk and like wanting to throw down in the house, but they're just slappers, not professional this fighters. This is not true. You're not being serious. Mate, I am I am dead. I, I love that you are just like so out. I am dead set. All I've seen is videos serious. of guys getting slapped at like, you know, the you know, the videos that go viral. No, no. Mate, there is a TV did. show being made. No, no, it's already happened. It's on. It was all. It's on Fight Pass on YouTube. There was episodes of it. The first two episodes, like Road to the House or whatever, and they, they, they were in the Ultimate. They not like the Ultimate Fighter. It was I've the Ultimate Fighter House. So curious about because Dane has been asked a few times like about Power Slap, and he's been obviously he's going to say it anyway. But like the way he's worded it, it can't. It is believable that he's like really confident in Power Slap being a thing. And now that I know that's the format, I actually believe it. Mate, that is what people want to see. It's just they, people who the people fuck would do like, this thing, and it's that's what I want to see. People don't like, yeah, yeah, exactly. What kind of fucking lunatic is going to go and get slapped in the face of four or five grand? Yeah, these these absolute head cases, and they're all mentally what? unstable. Um, like most of my takes, uh, they're uneducated. But this one, I'm taking it back now that I know the story. I like power slap, and it's going <laughs> to it's going to take over. Well, I'll tell you what, man, like. It's not. It's not for me. Like I just don't particularly enjoy it. And Dan Hardy actually gave a a, a brilliant, uh, you know, articulate, well thought out response. How good is he, he, mate? Dan Hardy's unreal. Shout out to him and his his wife as well. His wife was the biggest underdog on the card by a mile to open up the event, uh, and uh, just put on a wonderful performance to beat Juliana Miller. Clearly improved so much by, you know, being coached by by Dan Hardy. What a, what an awesome relationship and dynamic. He. His fractured relationship with the UFC is well publicized and not good. He was, he was, you know, had a big public riff for them, and he's not allowed to at UFC events except as a as a, as a coach. And he's there coaching mm. his wife. He must he must have felt thirty feet tall strolling into the octagon to celebrate his wife's win, who was clearly matched up with someone to uh, you know who was a, was a clear a uh, favorite to. Give her, give her a tough night at the office. She was there as to, to kick off the fight, and then yeah. So credit to Dan Hardy and and, and uh, do you think his, they gave wife. her a hard fight because they don't like Dan Hardy? I have no doubt. I have no doubt that that's wow. that that's that that's how how it went down. Um, but yeah, shout out to his him and his wife uh, Veronica, uh, who I didn't realize at the time was his was his wife going in because she was previously listed as as Veronica Macedo, but now she's updated and she's listed as Veronica Hardy because they re- recently got married. And I just I didn't I didn't put two and two together and, and, and realize that that was that was his wife. So I incredible. Can't stop thinking you know, about I'm going to watch Power Slap as soon as I finish. <laughs> so let's I'm let's see find some that. clips. There's going to be some hilarious clips of just them talking, and I know they'll be the funniest thing I've ever oh, yeah, heard someone yeah. say. <laughs> And, and and the reality is is that people people don't like power slap and it's a lot of MMA Twitter don't like power slap or like you know uh, and I, I get it it's it's personal like I just I don't see but if I don't see the enjoyment of it but if people like it and people want to go and do it what, who am I to say don't 
I have, like, I'd have no interest in going to watch an event of just those, like just the slap fights happening. But yeah, behind the scenes is what I want to see. I want to be like, I want to get to know these people so bad. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's it's all it's all part of the narrative and, and the storytelling. But the reality is, the num people say, oh, it was a flop, like da da da. The numbers that it put up on Rumble, and you know, you could even go in you know, in real time. Um, there was there was hundreds of thousands of people watching live and they ended up doing millions. They've signed an exclusive deal. They're doing events in Abu Dhabi. They're talking about taking it to the UK. Folks, whether you like it or not, this is doing big enough numbers on social media. It's going to be around for a while. And there are certain, there's certain members of the MMA media who spend their time on Twitter shitting all over Power Slap. Fine. They're entitled to do so. But also then go to the events and cover it and ask questions about it at the press conference. If you're so They probably concerned, also hated on MMA 20 years ago. <laughs> it's possible. But if you're so concerned about Power Slap and how awful it is, and you think it's just the worst thing and it's destroying MMA and so on and so forth, have some fucking integrity and tell your employer you're not covering it. Like, I'm sorry. If, it me- if, you're- if you have such a strong opinion about it, don't cover it. Don't tweet about it. Now, if you say, oh, it's my job, I have to, fine. But you don't also don't get to speak outside both sides of your mouth and be like, well, I'm covering this. You don't, you don't get to have that. You either you know, have, have the take on it and you've got a strong moral take, then have some fucking backbone and stand by it or shut up. Like That's, that's your two options for me. Wait, Sorry. I, I, I won't name the employer, but at a previous employer that I worked for, me and one of the journalists... When, when we're having like a bad day for traffic, like if nothing was really getting going, we'd just like scour the internet for like Russian slap videos <laughs> and just like those those huge ones that just, you know, the disgusting KO, blah, 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 the easy, what everyone's going to, especially like six, seven years ago, like they just started becoming a thing that everyone wanted to watch, which is mm-hmm. obviously why the UFC started this whole thing. But man, it would work every time. We just find this <laughs> fucking seven foot Russian guy slap like a five foot eight like, dude and just put him to so, Send them flying across the stage. <laughs> and like I'd always create like the, the inline picture that would go on social media with the article it would just be the most fucked photo of like his face just, just warped. And it would just dominate like every single time. Oh, and that is... Uh, what I guess the f- people call really good journalism. That's it, man. Good J- practice. Journalism, 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 one oh one. Let's game. talk about. Let's get back to USC two eighty six after that beautiful fight, uh, little uh, slap fight detour. I don't even know how we got. I reckon we, we pivot this whole pod like the as in every episode ongoing. We only talk power slap. We just we just move into the power slap realm. Yeah, yeah. we'd be the only pod. <laughs> There's a niche opportunity there. And we just like still don't watch any of the fights though. We just talk about how gonna, fucked yeah. the whole thing is. <laughs> so we're gonna re we're gonna rebrand from punch drunk to happy slapped. <laughs> I, I reckon we'd have a better chance getting those parlays over the line. Oh mate, well <laughs> We'd probably go well, for the submission. <laughs> The odds are crazy, bro. <laughs> the odds are crazy. No one's ever seen a submission in power slap before. <laughs> throw it in. Throw it in. <laughs> throw it in. Look at the odds. 
You put a dollar on this and you can buy you can buy a house. <laughs> oh shit. <sighs> no, I, I yeah, the even <laughs> even before I learnt about it, like more about it today, I should say, I always thought it would do well just because I knew it would dominate social media. Even like you've if people seen, aren't watching it live. You've seen from, from experience. This is the thing. And people go, oh, well, it's not, a t it's not, I don't think it's a great TV product, but it's a, so <laughs> it's a social media, TikTok, Instagram, real product that's doing millions of views. And that's, you know, is what it is. I don't, like I said, it's not for me. I'm not tuning in and watching it, but people need to make peace with the fact it's going to be around for at least a couple of years, I'd say. Yeah, they need to get Diaz on it. Did the Stockton slap? Just, just for the, just for the lols. <laughs> yeah, his slap was. Imagine just seeing an actual UFC fighter just get KO'd like that. <laughs> there's gonna be one. Eventually, there's gonna be one fighter that can't get a fight anywhere. Got a kind of big name, and they get offered money to just do power slap. Without <laughs> question. <laughs> oh fuck! That's gonna be so funny. Without question. Oh my goodness. Um, right, let's get let's get back on track here. <laughs> oh fuck. Can oh. you imagine when Data first <laughs> first did the meeting? He's like, I want to start power slap. <laughs> Everyone would have been like, Are you fucking serious? <laughs> Alright, no, I'm so sorry. Let's go. Where are we up to? We've done two fights. <laughs> Fifty-two minutes in, and we've talked about two fights. Uh, I mean, it kind of kind of reflects, as I said, the the card in general. There's two. No, I, I mm. want to. We, we mentioned we mentioned Gunny Nelson against Barbarina. Gunny was fucking slick, man. That yeah. was a beautiful beautiful thing. Uh, just Gunny, what do you do? You broke my broke broke my heart there. Uh, Vittori versus Delizze, I thought was it was a pretty good fight. I expected this one to go a bit harder. Has anyone got a harder chin than Marvin Vittori in the UFC? He's no one had a real. harder dick than you at that event. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, <sighs> nah, I don't know. You know Probably what? I, I I realized I was thinking about I was thinking about this, and you know, it seems like a. Well, let's say Marvin Vittori has a reputation for maybe not being the brightest. The famous photo of him with his with his fight shorts on backwards, taking the photographs, and you know let, he might not be the sharpest tool in the shed. And I realized <laughs> what causes a concussion, what causes a knockout? It's your brain rattling around <laughs> inside your head. If your brain is this big, it's sat so so deep inside. It's got so much further to travel. That maybe he's just unknockoutable. That his little small brain has just got so much <laughs> yeah. more fluid around it There's to protect that, it. Or maybe he's been hit in the head too many times. Just full stop. And that's why he's a fucking idiot. <laughs> but then he would get because his out chin easier. is no, but his chin is so good that it actually just gives you more brain damage, but it doesn't knock him out. He's just got that trait. Oh. Maybe. But um, oh, but no! I, t I tell you, it was a close fight. I I thought it was a clear, like watching it live, and uh, I thought it was a clear win for Delizze. And then really, I just want yeah, yeah, watching it live, and a lot of people thought the same. A lot of people live 
in the octagon thought it was a robbery. And it was because you could see the difference. Delizze was throwing absolute leather, especially in that first round. He was landing and he was landing hard. The groans from the crowd, it's like the, the Vittori was eating those shots. It was like, wow. Vittori did a great job to come back into it. I still think round two was very, very close. And then I thought Delizze probably took the third. But I'm not, I'm not like, oh, robbery one way or another, ha- having looked back. But the what what was crazy, like I said earlier, that one judge, Paul Sutherland, gave this a 30-27 to Vittori. There isn't a fucking way that Marvin Vittori won that first round if you're scoring properly. Delizze was throwing absolute anvils at him and landing. There's just no way you can score that first round to Marvin Vittori. I don't know how he did it. I don't know what he saw, but there's... No one inside that building except Paul Sutherland had Marvin Vittori winning that first round. I don't even think Marvin Vittori and his team thought he won the first round. That was rogue. So it was it was a super close fight. It didn't catch fire the way I hoped it would. I thought we, you know, Marvin Vittori's tough chair. I thought we'd see a crazy war. And I'm surprised Delizze didn't try more to get it to the ground and get a submission. Uh, and I think ultimately, I think ultimately that cost him. And I think, I think it's, um, you know. He'll he'll learn from that and be back. You 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 can see the potential there with Roman Delizze, um, but he just didn't have the experience to 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 get the fight o- o- over the line. It was it was it was a super close contest. Yeah, it was. It was super close. But I will say, I thought Vittori looked for the first time like it, he showed discipline to not throw so much or not panic and his yeah. boxing kind of looked like a little bit sharper. I don't know if it's just because, you know, he was fighting Delize and not fucking Israel Adesanya. So Yeah, that's that helps. Or or Rob Whitaker. And I yeah. think the style I think Delize's wild style, that was I think it was a clear game plan. I think you you hit the nail on the head there. His boxing looked crisp. And I think that was an, an intended plan to throw quicker, you know, more straight combinations and tight hooks. Than, than, than the big winging shots that we're, that we're used to seeing. Need to get to Leeds aim. Power slap, for sure. Oh. I mean, Marvin, Marvin Vittori, the tough... Speaking of the hardest chin in, in combat sports. Yeah, Marvin what's Vittori more valued in, in power slap? Chin or the actual <clears throat> slap? The chin. The chin. Because you keep Absolutely. going back and forth, don't you, until... Is that how it works? I think there's, it's three, it's three, there's three rounds, and then it goes to the judges' scorecards for a decision. <laughs> Oh, does Bruce Buffer have any <coughs> involvement? Not that I'm aware, um, but it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me if all of a sudden out Everyone's of Everyone's going to Oh, dear me. Marvin Vittori, the king of power slap. <laughs> oh, fuck. All right. Who else fought? Jack Shaw? Jack Thoughts? Shaw was unreal. Yeah, unreal. Making his featherweight debut. I actually debut. missed this fight, so... So first first round first round wasn't super impressive by him bit of a bit of a slow start got caught in some grappling exchanges bit of a bit of a nothing round and then he his dad in the corner was like what are you doing like we worked on the striking you haven't thrown a single head kick yet comes out straight away bang head kick and then his striking it was almost like that was a re- like a, a reset button or like it unlocked something for him in his mind and it, and, it, and the striking just got fluid and round two he just he ended up running through uh, Macwan Amekani so you know is this the start of like a crazy title run? I'm not sure. It's an insane division. 
Jack Jack Shaw's the real deal, man. He he's serious and he looks great. He's cook, you know, doesn't have to cook crazy weight anymore. He looks stronger, looks bigger. Happy for him. And I I he got himself a ranking at bantamweight, and then he he, he obviously ended up uh, losing that fight to uh, to uh, Ricky Simone, I believe it was. But let's try and get him in the rankings ASAP, uh, the uh, UFC. And I think the perfect fight for him is against Alex Caceres. Rank 15th. Let's see what Jack Shaw can do against him. Bit of a dynamic striker. Probably got the edge in the grappling. Let's see. Is he, is he ready to hang with the with the ranked boys at 145 pounds? My instinct says yes. He was able to get there at bantamweight. Let's see what he can do at featherweight. Very impressive performance by Jack Shaw. Great to see him back. And uh, shout out to his dad, Richard Shaw, as well. It was announced that his dad's his dad's been uh, battling cancer and, and going through chemo treatments and stuff. And he had his last chemo treatment a couple of weeks ago. And things since tend to be, tend to be seem to be trending in the right direction. So that's uh, that's very positive news. A couple more fights we can talk about, and then we'll talk about the parlay, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mo Mikhaev. Mo Mikhaev, man. <sighs> there was a lot of talk about going into this, that what's going on with his shoulder, he decided to not have surgery. It was extremely evident that he was compromised with his shoulder, and he, he's obviously rushing because he wants to try and break John Jones's record. Based off of that performance, and based on, messed up, based on how messed up his knee is, following that fight, which he re- refused to tap to the knee bar that pretty much anyone else would have tapped to, he's not making that record. His knee looks like it's quite badly hurt. It was high. Have you seen, you've seen the, the picture of it, right? Oh, and you, you watched it? It's grim. It's fucked. Oh. Yeah, man. It doesn't look like he's going to be fighting anytime soon, so maybe he can get both things taken care of. But on the other hand, People are saying, oh, his career might be over, da, 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 da. I, I doubt it. We've seen some pretty horrific knee injuries, and I, I, I think he'll be okay. I'm pretty sure he'll be okay. No, I, I hope that's an excuse the to get on the roids and take a year off. Yeah. <laughs> that's it, man. He's always out there in Thailand, over the counter, baby. Um, <laughs> but what is... A bing what, what that does some clenbuterol, please. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. People are nah, saying, oh, he's an idiot, da, 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 da. He should have... Sorry. What's a Phuket beer? He's... That's a Thailand beer. Yeah. Tiger? Uh, isn't, no. Tiger Thai, beer is Thai, I think. Yeah, must be. All right. Tiger uh, and Tren. Chang. <laughs> isn't isn't Ch- Ch- Chang beer is Thai as well? I think the elephants. Yeah, man. On Chang beer. Anyway, sorry, folks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But what he showed, man, is that to every single fighter in that division, you are going to have to put him asleep unconscious. Like, he's not tapping to anything. He's got no quitting in that kid. And the UFC loves that kind of mentality that, like, you're going to have to drag me out of here to to, to, to stop me. And that will go down well with, with the UFC. That will not be forgotten, that kind of insane uh, reluctance to quit, that kind of mentality. That's that's unbelievable, and that broke the spirit of uh, Jafal, Jafal, Afilio. Uh, like every, he's a legit black belt, and every, you know, he must have got that knee bar a thousand times in the past, and everyone tapped to it, and he just destroying the knee of of Mo when he didn't tap to it, and it probably broke his spirit, and then he was able to get the rear naked choke and end the fight. But overall, I I, I thought it was a 
let's say, pedestrian performance by Makaya, but it was very, very evident to me that he was his shoulder was compromised. He came out at the start of the second round and was pushing it and just you could see he was aware of it and it was causing discomfort. Mate, this he is nails. Twenty two years old. Just ridiculous how tough that kid is. Unbelievable. The Mankistani blanket. Like I just just love it. Just what 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 a guy. I hope I, I hope we see I hope we see him again this year, but that knee, man. I, I, let's find the swelling will go down. He'll get his MRI, and then we can we, then we can see see where he stands. Yeah, we'll get a look at that MRI or, or doesn't we'll, stand. We'll let the fans know what's, what's going on. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, me and Mo text. You know. Any other fights you wanted to talk about? <sighs> well, let's we talk about the let's talk about the parlay. Now, this parlay got so out of hand that I honestly don't even remember all the legs. If <laughs> it was fucking about six, I think by the end of the, the it was episode. six legs, and there was two two that let us down. Two Chris Duncan's were in it. I remember that. But yep. what let us down in the end? There was S- Sam Patterson getting oh, shadow realms. Yeah, fuck man, that was pathetic, and. <laughs> Just because he was such a short favorite, like you can't perform like that when you pay dollar thirty four, whatever it was. He, he he got caught, man. He got caught. Uh, them's the breaks. Yeah. Anyway, I, I, and K- Casey O'Neill. Casey O'Neill was also in, in the, the moment. I was quite annoyed with you. I'm like these fucking British people that Lewis wanted us to bet on. They fucking no good. Not gonna. They they cost us every time. But a couple of listeners sent me. They're Ooh. winning parlays. Uh, I'll have a look at it right now. One, like, one of them, he's a listener, Jordan Taylor. He he sent me his three-legger. What's Jordy cooking? He had Vittori head-to-head, Gaethje head-to-head, Leon head-to-head. That's a nice one. And let's be honest. $12.60, he got, very... he got odds for that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Probably a little bit lucky with that Vittori one, let's be honest. But nonetheless, them's the breaks. Yeah, well, the oh, funny thing is, though, like Vittori was the dollar thirty six leg in oh, that. Yeah, so yeah. so oh, like, Gaethje no, is the two dollar ninety nine underdog, and then Edwards is obviously the three dollar ten underdog. So it's like, yeah, that, that was a good bet. On in hindsight, obviously, it's yeah. a great bet. But it gave me the idea to think maybe next pay per view we can try and integrate the fans a little bit. I'll maybe put yeah. on the stories and okay. be like, yeah, maybe throw us in some legs or and we'll we'll pl- pluck a couple of them or we could like put like two legs as a pole and be like which one do you prefer and then we'll just like I like ones. it I like it we we we've, we've got to shake things up because what we're doing right now is 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 not working <laughs> I just want to be able to blame <laughs> someone else <laughs> <laughs> mate let's just talk about that knockout for a second that was that was scary man and if you look back at the replay and I I'm sure I'm convinced this is why it was well there's two reasons why it was such a bad knockout. One that was, you know, Mark Goddard had a had a rare fuck up, and he let him eat 106 unanswered elbows unnecessarily, um, which which was bad. But if you look uh, at how how the the sort of the sequence occur, um, and let me get his name correct because yeah, he he, he certainly deserves that. Yanal Ashmov. So he sort of. It's almost like a half takedown overhand right. And because his reach is so short compared to Patterson and Patterson's so long, the overhand right actually misses, but he follows it up with a left, a left hook. And Patterson's already falling down from the, from the trip. 
and he's completely in the air. It was like there is like if you if you if you pause it, his feet are completely off the ground, and then he gets the left hook. And I'm sure that like because he's not grounded and there's nowhere for that like for for the force, the energy that his body is absorbing to distribute out, he his entire head just takes that punishment. And then he lands on the ground and gets repeated elbows and ground strikes that, yeah, Goddard needed to be in there, man. It was it was a scary, it was so such a bad knockout that Patterson was trying to fight Mark Goddard uh, because mm. he because he s- still didn't know what was happening. I think he tried um, to fight the doctor too and then eventually the coach came and like grabbed him and was like talking to him and then he kind of then he came calmed, to yeah, yeah. It was it was it was actually it was it was, it was really scary. Maybe or maybe he was just trying to fight Goddard because he was like, "What the fuck, bro? Why didn't you stop?" What was this that sooner? like in in the arena? Because obviously the TV when that stuff happens, they do a fairly good job of working around it if they can. But you can't yeah, avoid it in yeah. the arena. Like, was everyone you just can't like, avoid oh. it? Everyone, everyone around was like, "Oh wow!" Like everyone was like pointing to the screen, and it, it's it was, pretty it was, funny. Everyone's like, "Oh, how did this happen?" Like we didn't all sign up for fucking ten cage fights. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god bro, bro this 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 is the thing this is the thing right again like i said it sounds like i'm a shilling for power slap i'm not and i and i get the criticisms of it but also everyone in there <laughs> everyone in there was just baying for blood and like conscious separating knockouts like they are they aren't there for the same thing just packaged slightly differently yeah. come on now come on now it's not i know it's not the same thing and i know these are guys are high level athletes and it's martial arts and you can defend yourselves. But ultimately the fans are there to see leather being thrown and necks being spun. Like that's what people are there for. What, what can you do? What Isn't can you that do? just fucked? <laughs> Still yeah, sometimes like, well, I'd say at least once every UFC card, I'm just like, this is, that's pretty <laughs> fucked. What just happened? That's just, <laughs> but the good the good news is I, I will say like and we see these crazy knockouts and we, we have a laugh and joke about it stuff but like Patterson Patterson put up a post saying he's okay like I'm <laughs> like he's, he's, he's gonna be okay I guess <laughs> Adam's gone <laughs> oh oh shit oh that's good then <laughs> I mean like, you know the, the thing is like you can't He's he's at rock bottom in his UFC career. Like it can't go worse than that. UFC debut, home crowd, absolutely <laughs> murdered. And you know you you, you know you you get you just you get you get you get you get blackout drunk. You make a fool of yourself, but you don't remember it. So you're like, it's okay, it didn't happen. I don't remember it. He doesn't remember. He won't remember his UFC debut, as far as he's concerned. It never happened. It never happened. He can just deny its existence. Oh fuck! His whole family was Bro- probably there. Yeah, it's it's a tough scene, man. Tough scene. But it can only get better for him. It can only get better for for Sam Patterson. And there's a reason why he got to the UFC. Great performance in Dana White Contender Series. He'll be back. He'll yeah. be back, and I'll get him in in another parlay. And he's okay. So he is okay. That's good. Anderson Silva got inducted into the Hall of Fame. Did you see that? I, I was, I was there. I did see that. Oh, forgot about that. For <laughs> it was, a uh, it was, uh, it was unbelievable. And I, I thought for a moment like Silva was going to be in the building, and I was like, oh my god, Anderson Silva! 
Uh, unfortunately, he wasn't there. Dana did say they offered to fly him out, but he was. Yeah, he had other stuff on. And I think he didn't... knew that you were doing laps of the O2 trying to get photos. He's like, I ain't fucking kind of <laughs> near this joint. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, fuck. No, that yeah, was pretty cool. The, right. the the cu- I, I was working while watching the fight, so I in when in between fights, I was just paying no attention. And then I started hearing like Anderson Silver. I'm like, what the fuck? And uh, they, uh, the the cut was pretty good that they put together. But yeah, it's kind oh, of it sucks was... that he wasn't there. Couldn't they have just been like, oh, well, maybe so... we'll do it next pay-per-view? And just have I, him there? Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe the next pay-per-view they plan to announce someone else ahead of International Fight Week. I, I, I'm not sure how, um, what, what the sort of logic is there, but about time that he, he got in there... You know, it was it was it was never a case of if but when, and I'm glad. <laughs> going to say, I'm, do you think he's worthy? Yeah, yeah. Now that's a clip. Here we go. Get ready, Adam. You're going to clip this. Anderson Silva does not belong in the UFC Hall of Fame. That'll Boom. actually get like pinged for like yeah. Uh, spam. Let's get it. Let's get it on YouTube. YouTube Shorts, TikTok Reels, uh, TikTok Instagram Reels, all of that. Anderson Silva does not belong. In the UFC Hall of Fame, he got ragdolled by <laughs> Chael Sonnen. He had a terrible, boring fight with Damian Meyer. He got knocked out by Chris Weidman. He popped positive for steroids. He's a bum. He's a fraud. Click that. Put that on socials. Bang. <laughs> done. Also, if you're interested about uh, Anderson Silva's amazing career, yes. listen to the uh, Punch Drunk History episode that we did on him Evergreen. a while back. Evergreen. Go That's back it. and watch it. 100% punch drunk history, Anderson Silva. Scroll down your punch drunk feed. We see you. We know you're there. Get in there. Give it a listen. Give it a like. Give it a subscribe. All that good stuff. Mate, we're just about, I think we covered everything we need to talk about on this on this card. Uh, as a, Jake Headley, very nice very nice finish. Um, Who? He, he punched Malcolm's Gordon liver so hard that he, he shattered out, I think. <laughs> Uh, but he's okay body stop finish. He's, o- <laughs> he's okay now. Yeah, that's good. Um, we got a great, we got a great main event coming up this weekend. Yeah, finally so a real strong fight night. A few weak ones uh, before this, yeah. but keen AF. But tell me what the fight is. It's Chido Vera against uh, Corey Sanhagen. What a absolute banger of a main event. Pay per view worthy fight. Oh, without question. Without question, pay-per-view worthy fight. Who wins? Man. Cheeto. I'm going Cheeto. I think because I want him to win. But, like, I love Sandhagen too, but uh, Cheeto's just a little bit cooler. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Sandhagen. I think Sandhagen shows shows his uh, top top quality, his range, and and uh, I think he uh, I think he gets it done. So there we go. We're we're at odds with our pick for that one. A couple of other bits and pieces on the card. Uh, you know, don't have time to, to dive fully into it, but yeah, w- watch it. So well, well, well worth watching. Uh, that, that fight night going to be a, a few good scraps on there, no doubt. And it's in front of a crowd. It is not at the apex. So. Um, in, in, enjoy that. Yeah. And what's the point of listening to this podcast if you're not going to fucking watch it? So just go watch it. Exactly. AT&T Center, San Antonio, Texas, Vera versus Sanhagen will be a good card. Good. I'm sure there'll be a, a few crazy knockouts uh, as tends to happen on these fight nights in front of crowds. I think it's going to be a real, real nice knock. 
keen. Uh, I'm just going to go straight to it. You can find us at Punch Drunk Pod on Instagram, at Punch Drunk Pod on TikTok, Punch Drunk Pod underscore on Twitter. Also on Twitter, Lewis Glover, MMA, very active on there, pretty big following. He's becoming, you know, part of the industry uh, over there oh, yeah. in the UK and Europe. He's just... Maybe he's annoying the fuck out of a lot of people, but it seems to be working as well. So who, who knows? He's going to be the biggest guy in the sport at some point. Uh, everyone's going to hate him and we're all going to love him because we've known him since day one. We know who he really is. Uh, Punch Drunk Pod on YouTube. Like and subscribe. Punch Drunk Pod on Spotify, on Apple. Give us a five-star rating if you can. If you don't think we're worthy of five stars, don't give us a rating. Uh, is there anywhere else I'm missing? Oh, if you like the parlay idea, shoot us a DM or an email yeah. at punchdrunkpod at gmail.com. Throw us a couple in for the next pay-per-view, which is Izzy? It's Izzy. Oh, my God. Izzy Pereira 2 is the next fucking pay Holy shit, which is like three weeks away. Yes, it is. Wow, fucking hell, that's huge. Don't know if I'm going to have the nuts to put Izzy or Pereira in that one, but, hey, I'm open to some ideas. Please, listeners, send us through a, a few legs what you like. Maybe even some hacks on how to hack the system. But, uh, yeah, that'll be fun if we all work together and lose together. <laughs> <laughs> and then if, if we pick your leg, we're just going to put you on absolute Name blast on the next shame, episode. Bitches. Name and shame. We're going to dox you. It's going to be gonna extremely uncomfortable. <laughs> all right, mate. So good to see you. Glad you had a good time there. Came back safe. Thanks, mate. And... Uh, did you, did you do a, a little post-fight weigh-in by any chance? Have you ever checked? 15,000 pints, I assume. Oh, you were in Italy before. I mate, assume that's, carbs only. That, I, mate, that's the Fried problem. food. I'm, You're going to tell scared. me. I'm scared. Do, do you reckon you'd be I, fighting I, I, two of us next if you had to fight? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit. I would be. I need to. Uh, I need to go on a diet. Seriously. Ah, fuck it. As long as you're happy, it's all that matters. That's all that matters. And I'm very happy, mate. Always good to. Uh, always good to chat to you. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Um, we'll catch you next time. Peace. Peace.